Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, brought to you by ebodyboarding.com and Tribe Boards. Part two of my interview with Patty Serrano. What do we do next? So I said, how about the Bodyboard International Association, BIA, and we'll go down to the beach. Everyone now, there was uh, several other magazines, I think Pitt and a couple others, Riptide. We're trying to get on my events, but I wanted to be an exclusive BIM event, so we just passed out my magazines. Well, you know, it's Business 101, you know. People go, ah, you know. So anyway, at the BIA, one of the things that I really want to mention about the BIA, which people ask, you know, what was the difference between BIA and the in the ability cat we call it the ability categories. Right here, the um, the uh, the first of the first and I don't know if you uh, if you can you hear that at all with no, because these are pretty good mics. Okay. So uh, the recreational was a beginner with no contest Beat experience. If you can execute wow. maneuvers enter comp B, which was the beginner intermediate rider. And then each one advanced. But my point is, this is where I think I was copying the challenges and just going out on the beach and letting people sample it. Yeah. So we would go up in the recreational vision and say, oh, look at that little kid's watching. Would you like to try this? Yeah. And so it was kind of like a, a way to do, emulate what we did in the early days. This is no, no one's doing this anymore. And, and what I think has happened is that's kind of why the the sport the competition circuit turned into just masters and opens yeah. and drop me there was, it was too intimidating for first timers yeah. to jump into this right because they're like oh all these people been have been competing right. for years i'll yeah. never yeah it would be, be like going to a go-kart event and seeing all these guys doing these turns yeah. and you just want to kind of ride it well that's what the recreational so you had was. yeah you had the so three divisions when you see what's coming up next you're going to see a little bit of that might not be called that but we've got some stuff in the hopper like that the other thing that the BIA did, which we don't go down in history for, is I one day I was watching some drop nears compete against the prone, and I went, oh, you know, and the judges were having a hard time, like, what's more? Right, know. mixing it up. I want to put this in front of the okay. camera. So the BIA there, you'll see the drop knee division. We went back and had a meeting with the judges and said, how do you feel about separating it and starting another division? Now, you know, that's going to add more heats to yeah. the day. And at that time, we were getting about 200 people, you know, entering. So yeah. we had to go to two days with the drop knee. But now we were, you know, we had drop knee champions. Yep. You know, and that's where I think people got lost in the history of how drop knee came about. Yeah. But it actually came about from the BIA. Nobody the else having was a separate division. Having a separate because division. Because we had the Bud Surf Tour at the time that I was competing in, right. and Sasaki had won the first one, right. drop kneeing. But then the judges, all the prone guys complained, right? So the judging sort of shifted back, and there was a rift between the drop knee right. riders and the prone riders. That's right. And you solved that problem by having separate Well, we, which was I, I'm really proud of the fact that the BIA did the recreational, which was getting new people in the water, which is not being done today, yep. and also that we, we started the, uh, the uh, drop knee division. So that yes. I would like to really see that go down in history as a BIA thing because... Uh, not that it was my idea or anything, but it was really a trajectory that took all these other riders. You know, now we've got, you know, Kainoa and Jackie Booter and all these people that were drop really good drop yeah. me guys had a place. Yep. You know, they had a place. So anyway. Jackie, by the way, became the first ever world drop knee champion. That's right, Jackie So, Booter. But they had a venue to compete in, in these events, which was awesome. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So how many years did you do the BIA? 
Don't you know the answer? <laughs> five years. Five years. Now, I have a, a five-year attention span, everybody. I'm well, sorry. Here's the cool thing about that I remember about the BIA, among everything else, was that you. it seems to me like you used to have food at the events oh, bless for all you, the competitors. Bless you, bless you. All That's, the competitors were guaranteed to be fed. Am I well, right? Well, that was another little marketing thing that I came up with to help the parents because we were going to places like, well, we were camping at sometimes. Sometimes we'd camp out at La Hama and Imperial Beach, and we'd actually go for two days and camp. Yep. In fact, that's leading up to my RV experience. That's I started driving these RVs to these events, and I started getting pretty good at driving these big bad mama you know, RVs. <laughs> and so that's kind of how I fell in love with camping again. But... But the whole thing was that uh, we, we knew that sometimes the parents would drop the kids off and we'd be at these places where there's no food. Yes. So I thought, let's put $5 onto the entry form. In fact, I might have even had, I mean, you didn't get a choice. You just paid it because you, I knew that you were going to eat if you said yes. no. Yes. So we, I would go buy, I, you know, I'm so sorry I did this to you, but I would go buy these big bags of like Cheerios from Costco, which are beer sugar. All the kids want Big anyway. gallon of milk. And, oh, Patty, thank you. You know, yeah. it's 6 o'clock in the morning, we'd open up the kitchen. Uh -huh. And so they could have something before they went out on the first heat, which started, if you knew me, it's like 7 o'clock, not 7.01. You right. had to be there at 7 o'clock. Very prompt. We call it yep. in Spanish, in punto. You know, we, we, we started 7. So they got a chance to eat. Then the parents would come. We'd build a kitchen, and the parents would come in. Jen Miskoff and a lot of these parents, Dee and Joe, and a lot of parents would come in and go, what are we making today, Patty? Well, let's see, we're going to make hot dogs <laughs> and chili. And, and they would go in and start cooking I everything. But so the good. judges' tent, and here's another thing that I think, I think they're still doing this today, but the judges didn't get the competitor food. They got you, upgrade. You, yeah, you walked into the, <laughs> you walked into the judges' tent. Not only did they get paid that day and they didn't have to wait for a check. I mean, this is the way you got the good judges. I got yeah. Pat Caldwell, Guillermo Tomega, you know, Brian Press, all these, Mandy Vargas, all these really good judges yeah. because I paid them on the spot and I fed them like rock stars. So yeah. that tent had, uh, you know, all this great food in it. And the people would lean there, hey, Pat, could I have one of those, you know, blueberry muffins? <laughs> they figured out that in that tent was better food. Yes, <laughs> but, scavengers. Um, and right off of that tent was Patty's office. And uh, for any of you that, I've, I have to apologize for any of you that were in the BIA that I would be in my office because I was so wound up, Jay, in putting sure. on this vent like Patty Perfect and, you know, yes. stop it if there's no waves. A lot or, you of know, moving parts. Yeah, a lot there. of moving parts. That they had to separate me because I would bite your head off. Sure. You know? I, I don't know if I ever bit your head off, but no. I, bought, I bit some head off. But, uh, but I remember seeing you like frazzled. Oh my God. And even times. today my sister goes, don't put on any events, you know, yeah. but I just wanted to be just, you know, perfect, sure. I guess. And, and uh, you had 200 competitors. Oh, we had, yeah. I mean, sometimes I would parents. get foggy and go, how does you add up this heat sheet again? I mean, I, it was bad. But uh, Michael Ambrisi, it was such a cute story because he in fact, a lot of the tent was built to keep away from Mike Lambrizzi, and he knows it. I'm not talking about him, but he would bug me all day long. When is my heat again, Pat? And he knew it was bugging me. <laughs> and now at 59 years old, he tells me, I just did that because I knew it bugged you. And I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh. So my they would hide terrible. me from Mike Lambrizzi, and, uh, you know, just so I, because I just thought the kid was so annoying. But today, of course, we're best friends. You know, it's like, you, know you can get, you know. Yes. Whatever, my whole theory now is whatever was delayed is, is not denied. And, you know, here we are. We, are, we hated each other yeah. then, but we're... Time well, heals all wounds. It does, that, that expression, too. <laughs> so you so had just an amazing 
just five-year increments of all these things, mm -hmm. BIM, then the BIA, and then after BIA ran its course, you kind of turned it over to Chris Granoni. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what? where did you go after um, that, Patty? You let's sort see. of... You, uh, I, I, was, I don't want to say you went away from bodyboarding, but you, you, what happened? Well, I, I was uh, dating somebody, and he was actually the beach captain. We were very close, and we were about to get married. And then, you know, as life would have it, uh, that didn't happen. So uh, I had to, you know, kind of go inward and go, okay, now what I want to do, you know, five years is up, what do you want to do next? So I, uh, it, one of the <laughs> things years, that I teach yeah. today and uh, we might even have time to go into it, I'm not sure, but one of the things I teach today and taught some of the competitors that I coached during, over the years is that if you just, you know, simply ask very clear what you want and, and visualize what that is, uh, it, there's a good chance that somewhere, if you believe in divine or somewhere, someone's gonna hear you. So I put, uh, I loved my years on the beach. You can see I like t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, and uh, I put out there. I want a job that ha I wear T-shirt and shorts, and I like to make six digits if I can because that. Sure. I mean, I don't even want to. No, I, I remember I saying no six digits. Especially in Southern California. Yeah, you know, have to you have to make some money. So uh, I sat there and sat on that for a couple of days, and on Sunday there was a, a ad in the paper for RV sales, and I had the big RV, you know, from the event still. So um, I answered the call and I asked the guy, well, what do they wear? Uh, we well, they wear white golf shirts. Okay, that's kind of like a t-shirt. And what else? He goes well, and black, uh, you know, kind of khaki shorts. Okay, that's shorts. Right. And what does an RV salesperson make, you know, per year? Well, a good person uh, makes at least six digits. Okay. So there was boom, boom, boom. I put it out there, and it showed up on Sunday. I manifested it. I said, Well, where do I sign up? And he goes, Well, do women do this? And he goes, Well, most women don't want to drive these big RVs. So I go, Oh, I own a big one. It's a big thirty-five foot. Oh, well, then that's different then you might be interested in this. And women do very well, by the way. So they sent me out to Tucson to learn about diesel engines and chassis and all that for a month. Whoa. And I came back, and I don't want to say this in um, any kind of a bragging way, but I'll, I'll tell you why. You know, it's kind of like when you go to Las Vegas and you hit the jackpot, yeah. and then you want to keep staying on the jackpot. Yeah. So I come back from Vegas, I go to work at an RV dealership, and my first month, I remember I made twenty-seven thousand dollars. Now that's Whoa. in that's in, uh, in one month in nineteen. Uh, blah, 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 blah. This is like yeah, the late nineties. Late nineties, so, so that it would be, be like way more sixty now. today. You know, oh I mean, it was God. a lot of money, and I go, oh, I insane. like this, and I got to drive RVs and show people how to drive them and drive. So I did that yeah. for how many years? Five years. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, do you literally go? No, no, five no, years, no, no, I don't, no, no, it's total organic, it just I just, happens it's my attention way. spans about five okay. years, okay, yeah. so now I get up and, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, doing this, and, you know, it, there, there was some points there where it, it was just crazy money, you know, and, and yeah. I, I encourage anybody, if you want to get into sales, and by the way, all that sales came from Tom Morey, you know, and I'm working with 65 men and Patty, and Patty's like, getting all the awards and it's like why well because I learned how to sell from Tom Mori yeah. I always would bring up Tom Mori wow. so now uh, uh, Galermi's moving back to Hawaii uh, my son and I and his wife are living in the condo in Oceanside his condo we kind of split it up and uh, my son got the call to go to Colorado and that was uh, 2000 now we're up on year 2000 is this for a job yes for a, 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 a 
youth ministry job. Okay. So I said, I'm going with you. And he goes, well, what are you going to do out there? You know, I go, well, you know me, you know, five years, I'll figure out something. So I get out to Colorado and I, I moved to this town in Pueblo, Colorado, which is a small town of about 100,000 people. And we're right smack Jay in another recession. And people are losing their jobs. So I decided that I was going to start this thing called the Entrepreneur Club. Yeah. And I would meet, and, and once again, social media was just kind of like, mm, you know, maybe there were some emails going on. But these rooms, I would get 20 and 30 people showing up to learn about how to be an entrepreneur. And I just decided, well, this is it. I'm going to yeah. teach what I've learned from sales. I had the sales course. I taught what how to open up a business, how we did from a garage to, you know, uh, Tom yeah. Moore. And all these things that I'd learned over the years, I put into work in Colorado. So you would just set up these sessions and charge admission to right. the seminar. Like a seminar. That was your income right. at the time. So, and that's how everything was social media. Uh, videoing, all these things, uh, seminars, Zoom meetings, and all that came from that 14 years. Now, that was a little bit longer. Okay. The Entrepreneur Club lasted about five years, but then I went on to uh, call it uh, business learning equals business earning. Yeah. And then it took another turn, and it became the Empire Builders Club. And in that yeah. manual that the people would buy for a year of, of trainings, they would learn everything, how to do a business card, newsletter, you know, Facebook page, YouTube page. They learned, in a year, they learned everything. Now, in the midst of this, Patty, you were doing, and this is before anyone ever did podcasts for bodyboarding, mm. you were doing interviews with the top riders oh, yeah. of the sport it, and putting them on the internet. Yep. It was podcasting and in its infancy, and as far as I know, you were the first one to do that. Well, thank you. I, I didn't know at the time that there was so much interest. I can remember doing a podcasting uh, seminar, and there was 30 people there, and they didn't even know what a podcast was. Wow. And I go, no, you plug in your computer, and did, 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 you know, I'm telling yeah. them all this stuff, and they go, huh? Ah. And, yes. and I would do Twitter seminars, and people, like the realtors really wanted to do, you know, tweet out yeah. poems and stuff, and they literally would take me and like kick me out and go, this girl's crazy, you know? I, and I go, just wait, just wait. Yeah, You're going to be sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, and well, a visionary. I, I, taught, I taught Facebook. I taught YouTube. I would do 18-year-old YouTube channels and all that. And then my own, I never wanted, you know, like, oh, why don't you have like millions of followers? Because like, I never wanted to promote myself. I just wanted to help these other people. So through the uh, Empire Builders Club, uh, I went on to approach a bank and this is getting a little away from bodyboarding, but I do want to tell everybody that uh, the, the people that have done really well in bodyboarding have kind of done a business model too, like Jay yeah. and Ebody and Vicky. You know, you can take a passion and turn it over. And there was many speeches yep. that I did during those years that I would bring up Tom Morey. Tom made me do my first speech at UCLA. He said they called and wanted a a garage to worldwide phenomena speech. Wow. So Tom goes, you got to do this. And I think this is good for the writers to hear this because we'll go back to Empire Builders. But so I go up to do this speech and Tom had given me a little index card and it had just a circle on it, you know, like a, like a circle that just, you know, and said, here's your speech pad. I went, what? So I get it up on the lectern. All these students are coming into UCLA marketing class and I'm going, holy moly, what am I going to do with this little thing you know and so Tom is coming through to me and the, the class is starting I'm going 
I'll open with the question and answer instead of instead of, instead of saving it at the end. It. Yeah. I'll say, no, you know, I know we only have an hour, so uh, what I'd like to do is just open it up to questions. I know you're kind of want to know, and that took up the whole hour. And that was literally, besides these days out on the beach with the kids, you know, being presentation skills, that was my first actual speech. Wow. And that was circa 1978 or something like that when, when all the media was chasing. And Tom would make me do the media. Yeah. You know, I'd have to be in front of the TV cameras. and Have to be. You loved it. <laughs> you loved well, it, Well, you know, there was one, one <laughs> at, uh, one at uh, Ion LA in Los Angeles where the guy's interviewing me. And then I go out to my car and I put the, uh, you know, the visor down and here's this lipstick on my teeth. And I'm going, oh, my God, I hope that doesn't show up on the TV thing. And uh, it didn't, thank goodness. But, uh, yeah, I did like it. And, okay, so, okay, so I built my careers around yes. that. You know, all my careers were built around my love of bodyboarding and presentation skills and stuff like that. Yeah. So now I'm back in Colorado, go back there, and it was just growing. The, the People wanted to be entrepreneurs. They wanted to build their businesses. So I went to this bank one day and had a meeting in their seminar room. The bank executive happened to be there that day, and she goes, what's going on in there to the bank manager? She goes, oh, Patty's teaching uh, people how to be entrepreneurs. And she goes, well, I want that in every one of our 35 banks. So she came to me Whoa. and said, will you meet with my bank managers? Now, here's something for the kids. I thought I was going to a meeting with bank managers, so I dressed up in my little, you know, not my t-shirt and like shorts. business attire, yeah. business Yeah, a little casual. corporate IBM suit. Sure. And I get in there, and all these, they had young bank managers. Oh. And so now I take off my coat and I start talking, oh, you know, that's cool. Really? You know, and I start talking their lingo. So at the end of the meeting, she goes, okay, so how many people want Patty in their banks, you know, and do these business classes? They all raised their hand. Wow. And not one of them, you know, went like this. So I went, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? You have to go to every bank. Well, you know, we're talking <laughs> Denver, Colorado Springs, and or Phoenix. So I, well, what I did was I took my manual, which I'd written. It's a book of a year-long classes. And I started certifying people to be... Training them. Uh, training. They had to pay me to be a certified sure. coach. So I had coaches going to Good these different meetings. Good business model. Wow. Well, it, it's, how, it has a, it's called Solid. duplication in business. If you got something good, duplicate it. Yeah. You know, do a second... A second store or you know whatever but sure. it, it's called duplication so I duplicated my business and worked it for those 14 years wow. up until about a year ago no way yeah and then uh, I was doing clients during you know when zoom came out during COVID I was already showing people how to do meetings and stuff like that so I, I turned everything over to virtual yeah. and started coaching on virtual and then uh, about a year ago I decided uh, I had like another divine moment and I decided let's take some time off. Yep. You know, COVID really hit me hard. You know, uh, just, you know, here in Oceanside, they blocked all these beaches off. You couldn't go to the beach. Yep. You know, come on. And so it, it was hard for beach people during that time. Yep. So um, I was doing a lot of interviews. I think I interviewed you and Vicky during that time mm -hmm. and spending a lot of time in the studio. By doing Zoom, yeah doing zoom and creating this talking story with maury series where i call people and talk about tom maury and then about a year ago uh now uh, COVID had uh, put about 60 extra pounds on me and i'm sitting there uh, i went to mike uh, Lambrisi's reunion on june 5th and mm -hmm. the pictures of me that day were like that's not me that was the one we did a t street right yeah yeah that i mean the pictures of me and if you want i can show you one of it just doesn't look like me and so something happened 
another, you know, divine moment. And I started turning things around and changing my mindset, which I had been doing all these years, but I had to realize that, look, you teach people this, now you've got to do it. And I made a commitment, Jay, a 52-week commitment, not goal, but commitment, that uh, I was going to lose a pound a week in, in 52 weeks. Wow. And I tell this to competitors today that I coach because it's that thing about making a commitment, not setting a goal, because now you're going to let yourself down if you don't follow up with that commitment. Right. Well, at the June 10th, a couple months ago, 2023, I had lost exactly 52 no pounds. Way. Not 51, <laughs> not 52, wow. or 53, but 52, a pound a week. Now everybody wants to know, how did I do that? I'm yeah. doing videos like, look how I lost 50 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to know. So I started this whole program. And that's, I don't know if you want to bring it up to date, but that's what I'm doing yeah. today. I'm changing. Uh, we're taking people's attitudes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking for competitors. Like, uh, you know, Galermi had that mindset. And when we talked a couple of weeks ago when he was here, about how when we go into these competitions with a certain mindset, no matter if you're faltering in the competition, you can bring it right back. Like the gal in the Olympics that was way behind on that snowshoeing. Yeah. She saw the competitor way out there, and she says, I don't know what happened, but my mind just went, went click, and she went and passed her up and won the, the medal. Wow. See, that's the kind of stuff that I know innately that we have. Yes. And you know as a competitor. Yep. You can pull and you can draw into these places that you've never even talked about yep. that you have. And so now I'm working with people that believe in that concept. Mm -hmm. And I um, and I don't know where, we, if you want to ask me some questions, because I don't want to say too much about it and plug it, but if you want to just pick it up from wherever we left off. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> in, in the midst of all of this, sure. though, Patty, you, you kind of... Uh, you, you've bounced back and forth between Colorado and Oceanside, right? right. Mm -hmm. You spent like the summers here? At, well, after, there? yeah, after I, uh, you know, remember my, my business was virtual. Yeah. So I went on a, a in 2013, I went on a two year, uh, you know, across the United States in a van. Yeah, you were doing road trips. Yeah, road trips. And, the, and my clients were going with me. And they were going, where are you today, Patty? I go, let's see, uh, I think I'm in Amarillo, Texas. They're going with you, know, you virtually. Virtually, yeah. because I had learned how to, you know, before Zoom, there was, you know, Google Hangouts and Skype yes. and all these other things. So I learned how to take my business on the road, and which is what I teach today, you know, nomadic, uh, yeah. you know, well, digital nomads. And then yeah. that movie Nomadland came out, and I, the first thing I thought about is, is this the Patty yeah. Serrano Except life it's a little story bit depressing, minus but yeah. all the depressing yeah. parts? Yeah, now, mine is a happy life. I live <laughs> yeah. a big life in a small space, is what I always and say. And you're still living in the van. Right. Well, not yeah. still. I just started back again. Uh, on May 5th, so I'm okay. about six months back. Yeah. And you're here, you're just staying here for now? I'm here till Christmas and then I'm going out to Arizona, like with all the nomads in, in January, and then I'll be back. Uh, we're going on a road trip from here to Seattle and getting on a ship to Alaska. See, it's a wow. big life. It, it's a big life. Yeah. And then we're going to go on a cruise around Alaska and then I'm going back out to Colorado for next summer. So I've got the Gosh. whole little routine, yeah. So what's your day-to-day -day like now with, day -to -day this, with day -to -day, this new project? Yeah, day-to-day day is probably as heavenly as it gets when you culminate as a senior to come up to doing what you what you're really still passionate about yep. and that's what you want to strive for yep. where do I see myself in my golden years or in my sunset years am I doing and see I'm doing that yep I love traveling I love 
minimalism. You know, I went from, you know, the big houses yes. and luxury and all that to minimalistic living. I love sunsets, yeah. sunrises. You know, here at the harbor is probably the most, we've got the harbor, you know, the little Cape Cod village and we've got yeah. North Jetty. And so I spend a lot of time here. This is, the bulk of my time is here because this is like my home base. And I, I say to people like, Figure it out. What is it you really, really want? So many people are converting to experience now over materialism yeah. because they know that we really have to enjoy life. So in answer to your question, I'm enjoying a big life in a small space. And then my clients are coming in via, uh, I, have a broad, I have a broadcast studio that I can bring in, you know, components, bring in people. You've been in it before, you yeah. and Vicki, where I can bring stuff in and show stuff off. So um, that I've kept, the studio, and it's all virtual. And, and I just, today is Thursday. I work uh, during private clients I have. And then uh, my uh, quarterback mindset group is uh, at 5 o'clock today. Okay. And that's a, a, a whole different mindset of, like, athletes and stuff like that so uh i i i don't know if you care or want to know but to me if you pay attention this is one of the things i learned out, being out on the road if you pay attention there are messages coming to you all the time mm. and i'm sure in your runs and your your you know out in the water mm. you get these little light bulbs going off sure. and then you kind of convert them you can think it's when because you're doing that kind yeah of you're stuff. quiet and still so um I, I, that's one of the things I'm training on today is um, your mind has these powers that you can't, you can't even believe. You can have an attitude to overachieving like there's just like, yeah. don't even hold me back because, you know, I'm going. So if, I, if I, right. I vet people into the group because it can't just be somebody like, I want more business or I want to grow my business. Yes. You can see sometimes who, who's got that spark. Yes. You know? And so one day during my time where I'm going, okay, I'm going to do another five years, Jay. I, I come out and I go, okay, I'm 77. I can take this up to my early 80s. Um, I'm going to teach people about mindset. And lo and behold, as life would have it, uh, I, I didn't particularly like football. I thought it was a brutal sport and all that. But I watched this Netflix series called Quarterback. Okay. It's eight episodes. And I binge watched it one day. And here is this, these, the mind of a quarterback and it, I was seeing messages like, that's my mind, your mind, everybody's mind. It's like what this quarterback's doing. But he would have to be disciplined. He'd have to be in shape, which I believe in. He'd have to do some brain work with therapists and stuff because he'd have to remember all these 18-digit plays out yep. of the playbook. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he <clears throat> had to make a choice. Our, our, our mantra is choices, changes, and commitment. So if you make the choice to be a pro bodyboarder, then you better realize that you're going to have to change things up. And you, you interviewed Glarmy when you told Glarmy that he was the first one that you saw actually doing training. Yep. Glarmy changed it up. He yep. was riding pipe, but he knew that he had to change things up. And once he did, he committed. Yeah. So it's choices, changes, commitment. So on 52 weeks ago, when I made the 52-week commitment, I didn't say 52-week goal. I made a commitment to lose 52 pounds. That was the quarterback mindset yeah. that I didn't even know about at the time. Wow. But if you look at a quarterback, and this is not about football at all. It's really not. Yep. But it's about that person 
as an example that we can have. He has to, in a minute, decide, do I throw it to Jay? Do I throw it to Glarmy? Or should I just run it in myself? But what happens if he decides to run it in himself? Well, first of all, if he decides to go there, that guy's, everyone's protecting that guy. Everyone's protecting this guy. He's got a team of cheerleaders protecting mm -hmm. him. But if he decides to run it in, now they all go, oh, shit, he's running it in. And they go and protect him going in, mm -hmm. and he will score. That's what we do in life. Yeah. So what I teach is we have to have a team behind us. We ha you have to have a cheerleader. Mm. Vicky's been your cheerleader. Yeah. You know, certain people in my life, my sister's been my cheerleader. We, we, alone, we are nothing. But together, yeah. we are something. Goes back to that core group that you worked at the Maury Boogie Company with. Tony, Scott, yeah. Roger and I, alone, they're nothing. But together, we can go out and send a spark out into, you yeah. know, out into the universe. So that's the quarterback mindset. So what I'm trying to do is teach business owners, weight loss people, life people that have life hurdles that they have to overcome, that you know, one yard at a time, yeah. you can get into the end zone. Yep. And you learned that in your competitive yeah. career. Just do one day, one run at well, a time. Even the Iron Man thing when I was doing the Ironman. Exactly. Yeah. When you did, you know, you that had to do one. That was a microcosm of what you're talking about. And so now today, uh, you know, people go quarterback, why a quarterback? No, it's not about the quarterback. It's about that yeah. person. It's a euphemism that has... for that, exactly. that strategy in life. And so that's kind of where I'm really on fire now. Mm -hmm. I am like totally back so we'll put the link to this at okay. the bottom in the description on youtube but okay. you want to mention what the link is on well it's just quarterbackmindset.com okay yeah Easy. and it'll go over to pattyserrano.com it has all my other stuff but so yeah, yeah. we'll put a link to that in Thank the description you. um yeah let's bring all this to a conclusion okay. we could go on for hours oh. patty we have so much story after story but, but uh yeah. yeah so you know what i love about you patty is you are always evolving. You have so much energy. You've never just said, okay, I'm retired, I'm done, I'm just gonna drift off into mm -hmm. the sunset. You constantly change. You constantly put out this vibe of, hey, let's let's see what we can do to make ourselves a better person, whatever stage in life you may be. Yeah. And that all goes back to the to the bodyboarding um, you know, your, your history in the sport. Mm -hmm. So my question to you here as we wrap this up is, what do you want your legacy to be in, in, in the context of bodyboarding? Because bodyboarding? I mean, it's, it's so deep, your yeah. involvement. What do you want your I legacy people to remember you I would, for? I would like to th have people think that, you know, I just wasn't a promoter and I just wasn't a salesperson, a business person. I find that impossible to believe. Yeah, I was <laughs> a lover of the board. Like, okay. I loved that from the day Tom told me to go out at Chestnut on the board, I loved that product. And, you know, even when the surfers were bagging on us because get out of the water and there's so many events they would come into our event area and stuff like that i still was holding on to my little baby this is that boogie board was my baby yeah. you know and and uh i think that you know of other stuff that i've done like the empire builders club and all these other things that i've done rv sales where i won awards and stuff like that i think my biggest legacy would be that she went out and even today now i'm going out in the sport with uh helping people in competitions and stuff like that, uh, she she loved the sport so much that she stayed in it through her whole entire life. And you're still involved in 
some way, shape, or form, even totally. to this day. Totally. You have, you know, these Facebook groups put your body on a boogie. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Thing, and you're yeah. still posting things. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah. I changed. In fact, I just put Vicky's picture up as a header when she yes. was out in Texas last week. I because saw that. that photo, even uh, Tony said, hey, there's some offshore winds there in Texas, you uh -huh. know, or something like that. But yeah, uh, I'd like to change that header on put your body on a boogie because it goes back to the same spirit yeah. of the early days. We, yeah. we evolved, we evolved put more women on there yeah. you know I saw that one of Vicky she had a cowboy hat on a yes. yeah Waco Texas so um, that yeah that that will always be uh, Sol Mori who is Tom's oldest son is admin so should anything happen to me it'll still go on hopefully you know and uh, the history one is post your historical stuff yeah. it's on on Facebook you know the history of bodyboarding was very important to me to keep those people that the early days uh, known because some of the other people, as you know, Mike Stewart and the, you know, the big guys, uh, they got a lot of yourself. You got a lot of media attention, but the yep. early people didn't, and it's really important for me to keep them their spirit going yeah. too. And they're still there. They're still boogie boarding, yep. so they might as well keep them. We go know? on trips with them sometimes. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, folks, I mean, this has been an amazing hour talking to one of the legendary figures in the sport of bodyboarding. Patty, thanks for the time. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, you came to my home break. I mean, I, you know, what can I say? Where else could we have done this? This uh, has to be where it happens, yeah. at, at the, you know, where it all started. Yeah, I think the first contest was here, yep. You're That's right. so amazing. I don't know if we had those crows or, at the time, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. So, folks, thank you. Uh, again, I'm going to put some links in the description here on YouTube. If you listen on the audio podcast, hope you enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Give us a thumbs up and put some comments in here for Patty. I'm going to make yeah. sure she is the type that will go in there and respond oh, to him. A lot I of these people I interview, they say they're going to go no, respond. They never it. do. But Any questions Patty about the will, history. Yeah. She's like me and that we, we love to be <laughs> I love to be on camera. You can probably tell that in front of a microphone. Patty singing, does too. Singer, singer. But, it, but it's not just for like ego thing. It's more like we love to impart yeah. knowledge on people and present this thing that we love so much that has such a, a deep history in our lives. And and you know, and look and at that photo right there with a cup, two people with yeah. boogies as we yeah. speak yeah. behind yeah. the camera. Oh, so. three of the dads. How apropos. Now see, that's oh. that's Tom's legacy right there. there the whole family see? boogie boarding right Thanks there. Thanks to her for yeah. starting all that so wow. many years ago. So, yeah. folks, that'll do it. Thanks for watching this episode of the Real Deal Show, and we will see you next time. And as always, we'll see you in the surf. <laughs>